Hi, I'm Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. Now a move to make it easier for people who have been convicted of a crime to find employment after being released from prison. Several states and municipalities are preventing employers from asking about criminal convictions up front. The so-called ban the box movement would eliminate a checkbox on initial job applications. This is Victory Over Sin and my name is Mark Rennick. I hope you are having a great Saturday afternoon. It's been a great week for us. Victory Over Sin guys and the systemic change of Idaho guys. But before we get started, we certainly need to thank Mr. Justin Morris for letting us be on just before his show that follows mine. It's called Voice Underground. Those of you who have not listened should listen to Justin. I say these things because he's now monitoring this call and making it uh, kind of work for us. I got to be nice to Justin, but it is a really good show. Listen to it. You'll You'll hear all sorts of Christian music from a different perspective and from his young eyes. It's pretty exciting, so tune into it. It has been a great week for Systemic Change of Idaho and for uh, the Victory Over Sin crew. Uh, We got a chance this week to do some exciting things, but I'm going to start with a story that I told on another show, but it's it's so cool that I'm going to kind of retell it. It was a particularly difficult week for me in terms of at the first of it, I had some trouble. And I tend to be one of these people that espouses who I am every place I go. And I was in one of my favorite places on Monday of this week, and I was buying something that's called Dollar Tree. And there, you know, you get to where it's your Dollar Tree, people know who you are, et cetera, et cetera. And I was going through a line of buying a few things. It was about seven o'clock at night. And I went through and I purchased it. And the lady looked at me and she said, how are you doing today? And I said, you know, I'm okay. And she says, wait, 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 wait. You're supposed to be blessed. You're always blessed. And that's the comeback that I have usually when people ask me what I'm doing, I always say I'm blessed. And I looked up at her and I realized that um, I didn't say that. And I said, wow. She goes, yeah, you always say you're blessed. And um, after some thought, I thanked her. I said, you know, I really am blessed. I had 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 a particularly hard Monday night and um, I didn't reflect it. And you don't realize how much of an impact you have in the world that you live unless you see that sort of stuff. That person had seen me as a person, as saying blessed. Uh, She gathered something from my interactions, and her name is Evan, and um, I have her permission to use her name. She works at Dollar Tree on Vista. So if you're ever in uh, Vista and you're in Dollar Tree, talk to Evan. She's a sweet lady. The story concludes by me thanking her, thank you, for pointing that out to me. And um, then she ran my credit card, and I paid for it with a credit card for my nonprofit. And my nonprofit has the word ministries in it. And she looked at me, and she said, are you a priest? And I said, no. I mean, that kind of shows a little bit of her background. She must have some Catholic in her background. And she said, are you a pastor? And I said, no, I just I work with people getting out of prison that have, usually that have addiction problems. And so, but again, I think we Christians, as we go through the world, we got to be careful about how we live our lives. When people know you're a Christian, they're going to expect certain aspects from you. And so I would challenge you, if you're out there and you're listening to this, to be that kind of person as you go forward. And if you're out there uh, in Dollar Tree on Vista Boulevard, stop in and say hi to Evan, because it was impactful for me. I learned a lesson from Evan, and she's a real nice lady. And um, I, like I said, I got her permission to use her name. So go in and uh, say hi to her. Uh, the other thing that's cool that happened this week was we got to... Um, I got to sit down with the director of the Department of Corrections. He's been that big guy that we've been after for a while, and he's agreed to come on the show. So on the 11th of March, a 
across from me, you will hear uh, Henry Atencio. Henry's the, since I've been out of, released from incarceration, he's the third director. And he will be in here and we'll answer some questions and we'll talk like we do with everybody. I was uh, particularly taken with the time that he spent to talk to me. We sat down for an hour in his office and um, we talked just like friends. And that's, that's pretty powerful from someone who is going on almost six years out of prison and still actually on parole to sit down with me and to talk with me. We have very similar um, goals for the Department of Corrections and we have very similar goals for supporting people who are being released from prison. And he is directing a huge agency in the state of Idaho to make that work. And I felt like we made a partner and I'm looking forward to interviewing him on the show. And we'll see how that kind of turns out. Uh, That was really exciting. It was very, very, very good news for us. Um, The other thing that's happened this week too is that our little group that of systemic change let me back up and give some kind of explanation of the funding levels. The funding for this program comes from the Southwest Council for St. Vincent de Paul and uh, some money from back east. They caught the attention of what uh, a little reentry conference here was doing here in Idaho, and we've become the sixth state that they've funded. They do some, they do five of the states, and now they've included Idaho in that funding. And they've given money to what we're now calling Systemic Change of Idaho. It pays for this radio show, and it pays for us to go forward and try to look at how Idahoans view people who have been incarcerated. So, But we're starting to get some attention. And there's a conference coming up in May in which um, I was asked with the person who helped me kind of get this money from back east to put on a workshop over in uh, Portland, Oregon. So we're growing and we're people are looking at what we're doing here in Idaho and nobody else is doing it in the western part of the United States so hopefully this expands so that was kind of nice also too to find out that the end of May we'll be going to Portland to put on a workshop Paul and I will be and we're trying to get somebody from Just Leadership USA to join us on the panel and we're going to do a series of workshops over there so that'll be exciting too it's been a good good week for us uh as you're listening to my voice too the steering committee for Systemic Change of Idaho has a meeting coming up on Monday night, and it's in the offices of Peer Wellness Center and offices of Systemic Change of Idaho, for that matter. That's located at 963 South Orchard Street, Suite 101. If you're interested in trying to address how Idahoans view people who are incarcerated, this might be something for you. We've had one more meeting since we've talked, and... The steering committee is coming together, and these are the people that we want to help us define as we go forward. So if you're excited about that, you've been incarcerated, you've got issues, or you want to be a part of it, uh, you, there's a couple of ways you can do that. But you can also show up now at 6 p.m. And, uh, at, uh, as I mentioned before, at the Peer Wellness Center at Systemic Change of Idaho's offices on Orchard. That'll start at 6 p.m. on Monday. Uh, and if not, you can always kind of reach out to us on our newly formed website, which is systemicchangeofid.org, or you can give us a call at area code 208-477-1006. So that's kind of exciting. We're looking forward to that. Today, I'm kind of excited because following us in a second, we're going to bring in a man by the name of Dr. John Greenlee. Dr. Greenlee is an elder at Ten Mile Christian Church. He's worked for Lighthouse. He's worked for um, at, via the Boise Rescue Mission. He's been a professor at uh, University of Phoenix for Religious Studies. He's done some exciting stuff. Graduate of Boise Bible College. He's my friend, and he'll be here momentarily. You're listening to Victory Over Sin with Mark Rennick on 94.1 The Voice. 
Now, back to the show. Hey, I get, I'm delighted to, uh, it's my show, so I get to bring in people that I really like. And so I get to bring in a friend of mine from 10 Mile Christian and from Canyon Clinic, Canyon County Clinic in Caldwell. Uh, John Greenlee is here. How are you, sir? Hey, Mark. Doing good. Thanks for having me Do on. I, you know, some people call you Dr. John Greenlee, like I do, and some people don't. Some people call you Dr. John. Is it... Uh, is there a preference? Yeah, preference is John. Is it really? Just John. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. I, like, I kind of like Dr. John Greenlee. Well, <laughs> in the classroom maybe, but otherwise, just John. Uh, tell me about uh, the role that you have over there in, in, at the uh, Canyon County Clinic and what you do there, particularly as it relates to the people, the population, who we tend to call on this show returning citizens and as they blend back into community. Well, Canyon County Community Clinic started about six years ago, and they are able to offer health care to people who just have fallen through the cracks and Mm -hmm. uh, for whatever reason don't have insurance or not able to pay for health care. And so uh, it's a very needed service there in in Canyon County. And about a year and a half ago, they started Canyon Clinic Wellness, which is our recovery center, Mm -hmm. and that's how I became a part of it. Don Schultz and I are the directors there of the recovery center. There was four of them that started in 2015. And so day to day we offer help to people who are recovering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if that is Canyon County's answer in Ada County, it's a uh, Piruana center on orchard. Right. So, okay. And of which, uh, uh, the title of the show is Victor Over Sin, and Victor Over Sin has a recovery meeting in Pure Wellness on a- in Ada County on Tuesday and Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. So they're the comparable issue. So there's now four, but they're up to eight of them now, right? In the yeah, state, that's right. right. Yeah. And so all those guys are sort of struggling to make that work, but one of the key pieces and why we want that to succeed is that's really a great drop-in spot for people as they're coming out of incarceration and they need to kind of link up with because you have that recovery coaching program that's, that's, I guess it's in it, what would you say, it's in its third year in terms of uh, developing a, as a, a tool for people to link on to to address their sobriety or their issues with addiction. Right, and that's that really is the strength of the Canyon Clinic Wellness is our team. We have Trinity and Amy and Thomas, all of them recovery coaches, and they're the ones that are able to, to get into the lives of the people that are needing help. That's and right. and that's we've just seen it grow slowly but but steadily over the last uh, two yeah. years. So absolutely, that's so cool. Okay, so but I got you in here because obviously too, you and I. Um, People who listen to the show know I'm kind of a church junkie, so I go to a lot of churches. Right. But one that's always dear to my heart and has always has been is Tim Mile Christian, and you're an elder there. Right? I am. That's, that's right. right. And you, uh, and that's a, from my standpoint, it's a larger church. You know where that is on Franklin and Ten Mile. They have five services on Sunday, um, and I get to hang out there in the afternoon. And Dr. Greenlee is a uh, elder, right? That's right. Yeah, kind of fill in pastor too when Steve's away. Every once in a while. Well, yeah, yeah, I like that. So. I like that. And he's always, it's a different style than Steve Moore too. And um, he doesn't get enough kudos for what he does when he gets up there. He's really a talented orator and uh, shares a message that is really positive. That's got to be a, kind of a gas for you to do every once in a while. Every once in a while. And yeah. it reminds me how much we appreciate Steve. Yeah, I know, because that, <laughs> that, doing that every week five times yes. uh, is a really. Because you, I tend to always see him in the afternoon at his 4.30 and 6 o'clock services, and he's still almost as pumped up oh, as, he as he must be in the morning. And it's just like he's 
the way he approaches it and it goes through the notes, et cetera, et cetera. It's just, that's got to take a toll in terms of doing that five times every Sunday. It does. But the, what I've told Steve many times is just how, how real he is, how genuine he is, and that comes across in the pulpit. So that's one of the things well, I appreciate. It does for you too, sir. I mean, it really does. You're the well, same thank way. You. It's a different style, but it is, it's a respected style too. Yours is more... Um, I like yours because it challenges you more intellectually, and so that's why I appreciate it. I think you do that. You come more theologically at it, whereas Steve uses uh, more of a day-to-day sort of stuff. Uh, you can tell in Steve's messages, he doesn't listen to the show, so we'll see, but he, uh, St- the Steve's messages that he is talking about an entity of 10 Mile on an ongoing basis surviving in a community. He's very community-oriented, whereas you hone in and say, this is what you need to think about. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? And that's what I think Christians almost need to be challenged to. No, I agree. I, yeah. I agree. And uh, we have been richly blessed. I mean, Steve has been there now for over 40 years. 40 years, and man. That's exactly. And I think that's one of the reasons why we've grown so much. Yeah, just because yeah, how reliable he is. Yeah, I just want to appreciate the, what you do. I, well, I'm, thank I'm, you, I'm Mark. a fan. I'm a fan. Thank you. So, but the other thing, too, that he's done as a good member of the 10 mile community Christian community was when there was a call a few years ago for people to be mentors into the prison system. Dr. Greenlee kind of stepped up or I should say John stepped up and he went out and became a mentor at prison. So tell me how you got involved with that and a little bit about that experience. Well, really I think a crucial part of all that was Daryl Taylor. And of course, Mm -hmm. Daryl had been a chaplain out of the prison for, for years and years, uh, had tremendous amount of credibility Mm -hmm. and, Daryl is someone I look to is just has a huge heart. I mean, he just is, is very kind and very compassionate. And I think his example it really is what inspired me to, to try to be a part of this mentoring program. Mm-hmm. And so we took one Saturday and went over the basics. You know, these are the safety concerns that you need to be aware of when you go into the prison. And uh, most of us had never been, you know, behind bars in that situation. I mean, I... I went to juvie when I was a teenager, but that's as close as I ever got. Mm-hmm. And once we went over those uh, concerns and, and did a short training, then we were ready. And they paired us up with uh, people to uh, to meet with every couple of weeks. Okay. And you and I know we have somebody in common who was one of your mentees. Is, was Todd your only mentee? Uh, yes, uh, well, he was. Okay. That's right. Okay. Yep. And so you went out. Todd was, you were part of the program at Sicky. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Right. Okay. And so you went out, and how did you meet? How long ago was that when you started that? That was about uh, a year and a half ago. Um, and so we went out, we met in the chapel. Uh, and there was you know, a group of potential mentors and mentees, and that mm-hmm. was the first time we'd, we'd met each other. And we sat there in the chapel, and we just sort of you know, paired up and uh, sat down and started talking. That's good. And I, I think, uh, you know, right away uh, when Todd and I got together and started talking, we realized how much we had in common. Mm-hmm. We were born the same year, had had lived in, in roughly the same areas in Washington and other places. And it just, it was it was lots easier to open up and talk than I, than I ever realized. Mm-hmm. So That's cool. Well, again, congratulations for doing that. I think what we should note here, too, is that the Free to Succeed program, which is the uh, Idaho Department of Corrections mentor program does still go on now. The program that John is talking about is a program that was specifically from Ten Mile that was an uh, 
actually an offshoot of an earlier program that was at Hope Community at Max for several years. I was a part of that, and we've talked about that at the program, but this was a unique kind of way, and it was almost the phasing down of that as the Department of Corrections came in and took over with this Free to Succeed. And if it's in your heart to do that sort of work, you can still do that sort of work through a program called Free to Succeed. It's on IDOC's website. If you go to Department of Corrections website and you check on Be a Mentor, You'll get linked up to a man by the name of Jeff Kirkman. Jeff's a great man. And the program now doesn't necessarily go into the prison per se. It works with the person, the returning citizen, as they transition out of incarceration. So you become involved with them, and it's a good program, and they will hook you up. There's training through the Department of of Corrections for that, and that is still going on. And it is a good program. They still don't need people. So if that's of interest to you, certainly you can go there and do that. And of course, and if it's of interest to you to, to do more in terms of a prison ministry, come to 10 Mile and talk to us about that too, because we've traditionally always been the leader in terms of uh, prison ministry, and we want to continue to do that, that's for sure. I think one of the things that I appreciate about 10 Mile is there's such a concern. There's a real heart for people in need and people who very often are forgotten. I think, you know, a few years ago, Celebrate Recovery started for people who were Mm -hmm. trying to deal with addiction. And then there was the outreach, uh, you know, because of Daryl and because of Mark and and others, uh, that uh, people who are behind bars are often forgotten, too. Mm -hmm. And so I think as a result, we've been very richly blessed by, you know, finding people that are broken, people in need, giving them a second chance. And that's just been, it's, it's turned out wonderfully for us. It's been a great service. Well, and again, too, it's um, so many, and this is speaking of perspective of somebody who's been incarcerated, as you're out there, and if you're listening to us in desert, all the churches you say will say, hey, come see us, come see us, we'll do this. But in reality, when it is out, and you do need to connect with somebody on the outside, which is what I would certainly uh, encourage everyone to do. I don't think people make it on parole unless they have a relationship, number one, with Jesus Christ, but also, two with a church community. Community is so important as you transition off of parole or into the parole situation. So that's vital. But so many churches will say, yes, come see us, and then in reality, they don't. And so what John and I do from a 10-mile perspective is certainly work to make 10-mile that environment that will welcome people and will be there in terms of making that work. And you can always come up the afternoon service. We've been doing the afternoon services for five plus years. Yeah, five, yeah, yeah. Five. Right. And uh, in all those five years, there's been a gray-haired dude at the afternoon services that, at the connection point, and you can always come up and talk to him. And my name's Mark. So I'm always there, and that's something that you want to do, I always encourage people just to come there in the afternoon and let's start talking about it. And I'll connect you up with the people who are there and we'll encourage that. I'll encourage people to keep doing that. And that's, in some ways, I think because of what 10 Mile did for our Hope community years ago was they reached out and they gave us 36 mentors and who immediately when Steve Moore said, we'll do this. And he recruited 36 mentors that came out to Hope Community. And I'll never forget what he did in that group. And uh, there was a special bond. And I could tell, and I, I joke with Steve Moore uh, in terms of that I was there when he was in prison with us. And I knew he was happy there. I always contend he was happier there than he is. There. <laughs> right. But uh, because I could see his humanity and what he shared and what he believes in his heart. I see it in, in his sermons weekly in terms of different issues. But there's always a special thing in terms of my mind that way he was during those years when he came into prison to see us. And that's there. I always trying to, so I'm always trying to get him to go back now. But I know he, he visits at least one person on a regular basis now. But 
that that spark that was his energy was very powerful for uh, the incarcerated when we were doing that there. And so in some ways what John and what myself are doing and some of the other elders are trying to keep going, okay, is that mission, is that connection to uh, those of you who are incarcerated and those of you who are out of the system now and are trying to make it back in the world. You know, Mark, what I would add is just that I mentioned how easy it was for me to just sit down and start talking to Todd. And, you mm-hmm. know, we would talk about, you know, various issues and read a little scripture and, and, mm-hmm. and pray together. And it shouldn't have been a surprise just because we have so much in common because people behind bars are human beings just like everybody else. Exactly. And I guess I realize that that's a lesson I keep learning again and again. I was at the Lighthouse Rescue Mission for years, mm-hmm. working with people who also had been you exactly. know, returning citizens, and now at Canyon Clinic Wellness. I mean, people uh, with addiction issues very often have some background in the, in the justice system, and they're people, just like everybody else, and they need another chance. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, And I, I'm, yeah, again, I'm going to echo, too. This, the show is called Victory Over Sin, but it's sponsored by Systemic Change of Idaho, and that's exactly what we're attempting to do. If you're out there listening and you're, you're listening to a Christian radio station, you've got a good heart for this, this is something you want to work with. As we close the show, I'll let you know how to reach us. But that's, the, that's what we're attempting to do through Systemic Change. We're trying to show that those of us coming out of incarceration, which the numbers are huge in the state of Idaho, we're just people. We're sitting right next to you at church. We're sitting right next to you at the in the in line at the gas station. Uh, we're right there at the grocery store with you. We're exactly like these people. Some of us don't all have tattoos, and some of us don't look like the traditional people coming out of parole on parole. But we're here, and we're just good people like you too. The, the concept of these wellness centers was based at that John's here representing today was based on that there are thirty nine p- people in active recovery who are in living in the world. And so we need to have a voice and come forward and talk about that. It is the exact same thing for people who are on parole. A tremendous amount of numbers in the state of Idaho, people who are getting out of the system and they're your neighbors. And so what we need to do with this situation is to empower some of those people, come forward and help us explain who we are. And hey, we're going to also address some of the things that are difficult for us as we proceed into society. And so that's what we're doing. And John's been a supporter of that by working at the lighthouse and working where he does now and by preaching what he preaches on, on the, on Sundays at uh, 10 mile when he gets to do that. So let's talk a little bit about our guy, Todd. Okay. Cause, sure. Cause I think that's, it's a great example about what happened to Todd. Cause as we were sitting here, Todd's been out a year and I know where he went housing wise. I know where he is now, but Todd's had a interesting year and it has not been what, society would call successful would you right. or, yeah no I, I agree and that's and i'm sure you've you've seen quite a bit of this but unfortunately as soon as someone is released uh just in terms of their health it seems as if they're playing catch-up because there's so much that didn't get treated while they were incarcerated and so todd's experience i know was uh, one health crisis after another. He had to deal with, you know, his heart. He had to deal with uh, diabetes and all of these issues that I think could have been treated uh, before he was ever released, but they mm-hmm. weren't. And so all of that sort of built up. And and so that was a huge frustration on his part was to have to seek out help for things that, that didn't get dealt with earlier. Yeah, and it's really not in a situation where you can blame any quote-unquote system. Again, right. what we're back to are issues that need to be addressed in all different areas. Um, certainly, 
It's not economically feasible for the Department of Corrections to take care of everything that Todd does before he got out, but then he gets out into a situation in which there's no Medicaid enhancement in the state of Idaho, and he's not eligible for anything, and he has to go through the process of attempting to get on SSI. We have to to, to, to define disability, et cetera, et cetera, and right. stuff like that. And it, it's just it becomes overwhelming for the person who's gotten out, and uh, for we were saying before we went there, we're looking at. T- uh, John and I are two of his biggest supporters, and he's running out of supporters a year after he's been out. Right. So that becomes an overwhelming kind of situation. Well, uh, you know, certainly someone gets into that situation, and they, they've made bad choices, and you have to face the consequences of mm-hmm. that. But now that he's out, uh, we're still, as a society, having to bear the burden of of seeing him get health care, and that it is a, a systemic uh, situation it, that it has really, to be dealt with. Yeah, and his health care too involves uh, certainly some issues in addiction and some stuff that he needs to face and attempting right. uh, to get employed despite all these health kind of situations and without the great transportation system. So it's really, um, in some ways, it was so great that you were his mentor that I got to, you got to be able to see some of the stuff that I see all on an ongoing basis and right. to be able to say, you know, hey, John sees this, this is what we're doing. Are there more resources, not only potentially not, maybe not at 10 mile, but he can be, John can help me become an advocate to make some of these things effective changes so that it's easier for the next Todd as he comes out, I guess what you'd say. Right. I think that, you know, I look to Jesus's example that, you know, he even said, it's not the healthy that need a doctor, it's the sick. And yeah. that's, and these are the people in our society that I think need help from people who can offer help. Yeah. So it was a privilege for me to be able to do that. Yeah, I like I said, I it's um you you can tell about by the guests that I look back on here, you get I bring in people that I really like and John Greenlee is one of those people. Uh-huh. And uh what he's done and what he continues to do and to be an advocate to work where he's worked and the heart. He's also from Overland Park, Kansas. That's right. I mean, you know, so we have to have our little heritage. We're both from Overland Park, Kansas. Yes, we are. So, so uh, to have him uh, working in our community and living in our community and sharing uh, his expertise, I'm so happy you came in and got to do this. Uh, it was fun. Well, Thank thanks, you, Mark. Thank you. Honored to have been asked. Thank yes, you. and like I said, he was reluctant to do it. I might add. You know, I had to. You know, it's like you had to poke and poke and poke. But we got him here and see. He was great. It was great, right? No, it's we been didn't, good. We didn't, didn't hurt at all. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks, Doctor Greenlee. Thank you so much for your time. All right. Thank you, Mark. Uh-huh. Bye bye. Thank you so much for listening to Victory Over Sin this Saturday. A special thanks again to Dr. John Greenlee, who's my buddy. And, uh, he's a good man. Uh, if you need, uh, yeah, he's just a good man. You want to seek him out. Come see him or come see me at 10 Mile in the afternoon, and we'll, I'll connect you up with him. Systemic Change of Idaho is funded by the Southwest Council of uh, Conference of St. Vincent de Paul. And you can find us at systemicchangeofid.org, or you can give us a call at area code 208-477-1006. Go to the web pages, go to the Facebook page, like it, and find out about it, and give us a call. Get involved. Thank you, sir.